Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my always very good friend, Father Richard Heilman, still wearing the red U.S. Grace Force jersey. We'll always be wearing. Yeah, I don't think he's taken it off no. for the last three weeks or so. It's kind of dirty, but... Uh... <laughs> and our guest tonight, one of our one of our favorite recurring guests is with us, and we'll introduce him in just a moment. But of course, everything begins with prayer, especially considering the times that we're in, we need prayer. And Father, we always turn that over to you. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Thank you very much, Father. Appreciate that very much. And thank you to all of you out there who have been supporting the work of the U.S. Grace Force. And just lately, very lately at the time we record this, the tremendous outpouring of support for Father Heilman. And this is, this is something we just can't thank you enough for. The prayers, the comments, everywhere we travel, by the grace of God, we hear so many good things from so many people. And so we're so thankful. We're coming up on our third year anniversary, August 14th. Da -da -da. And we'll be celebrating three years of doing the U.S. Grace Force podcast. We're thrilled about that. So thank you, everybody, once again. If you'd like to support us financially, you can by clicking the link in the description below. The Patreon program is a fantastic way to help us out. Just a few bucks or more, whatever you feel called to give, is a tremendous way to help us. So click the link in the description below. Please pray about it. And we thank you so much for that support. And please keep us in your prayers. It's a tough time right now. A lot of canceling going on across the board. We see it. Big tech, all kinds of issues in, in all different areas of our world. And we need that clear voice. And we hope and pray that you will help us get that clear voice out through the U.S. Grace Force podcast. Father, we have one of our best friends in the world on tonight. Yes, he's always got do. those books behind him, and I get—I'm so impressed because I know he's read every single one of them. That's just yeah. a backdrop. I rent this space. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, it. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, it's never enough just to have those books back there, Dan. It's what's coming out of your heart and your brain. You're just—you're an incredible guy. So, anyway, Father, I'll turn it over to you. Let's yeah, introduce our guest. So, I—I I just wanted to let everybody know I'm doing fine. I really am. Um, the, there was an announcement of dis disciplinary action. It wasn't anything off the charts. I'm, I'm okay. Um, and so I just want to let everybody know that. And uh, I, we're, st we're still uh, moving on. And, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, want, I want to understand, I, I don't want to be disobedient. I just don't. Uh, to a th legitimate authority. I mean, Father Ripperger teaches that all the time. You know, the importance of, of respecting and obeying legitimate authority. And I believe that Grace comes off once you're disobedient to uh, legitimate authority. So there's that. So it's mostly, I think, just confusion about, you know, what constitutes th these kinds of things. So, and I, I got to end it there because I'm actually, I asked the assistance of a really nice guy who's a canon lawyer, who's just helping me with my words. So I don't put my foot in my mouth and, uh, and just helping me out going forward. And so I'm, I'm probably going to do a statement at some point, might be at the beginning of next uh, week's show. I don't know, uh, but we're working on this. And, and again, I, I love Bishop Hying. I truly do. And we're living in tough times and uh, we, we want to work together, but we want, we want to be able to, as my former Bishop always said, give the truth with love, but he would always follow it up with, but the truth. And so I want to do that, but I, I don't want to do that disobediently or inappropriately or anything like that so we're working through that so thank you thank you thank you everyone uh i'm not in the fetal position i'm smiling i'm looking forward to you know every day forward with my priesthood and my my mission with all of you on the u.s grace force so so i'll I, i'll end there because that's what calendar wants me to do right now until we uh can shape the words just right and because we wanted to do it the most truthful way anyway so, Dan, it's really great to have you here. Um, Doug and I were talking about, you know, who should we have as guests? And uh, when we came up with you, I was like, yeah, we got to have Dan. But uh, it's perfect for the topic we're talking about tonight and all your, your uh, experience in exorcism and things like that. But, Dan, can you kind of tell us, you know, I know you work with Father Ripperger and uh, Tight and Close, and you're also just produced a, 
a manual that is on its way to, to print being printed right now. So I, I don't right. know, I'll, I'll let you kind of fill us in what you're, what you're up to these days. Yeah, you're doing a lot of work, still working cases locally, still working cases with, with Father Ripperger. Um, we've got uh, our program, Father Ripperger developed with, with uh, Mr. Kyle Clement, his longtime assistant, based on years, years of experience. Uh, of re really, it's, 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 a, it's a return to Catholic norms. Um, for the longest time, exorcism, uh, the Catholic Church was late, were latecomers. And so what happened was after the Holy Roller movement in, in the early 1900s, Pentecostalism, Protestant Pentecostalism brought this deliver idea of deliverance and exorcism into, into popularity. And they started addressing a spiritual problem that has in become increasingly uh, uh, obvious. And now we see it even more obvious in today's world. So this, this entered into the Catholic Church with a lot of Protestant and charismatic garbage. And this isn't a slam on Protestants or charismatics. It's just... It's just that there, there are deficiencies. They were stepping in and doing work that was very good, but um, we've lost the tradition and our understanding of how to do this safely and effectively with the authority of the church behind it. So, so Father Ripper has really developed a, a true contribution to knowledge to, to, to this whole field. And so, um, and so he's developed a four-phase protocol that's very effective, that's being used. He used it, and it's now being used. And this is what Liber Cristo does. We, we, we help to, to execute and teach lay, lay associates. We train priests on how to safely do exorcism and lay associates that can work in there and very effectively assist the, the, the local parish priest or the exorcist in this. So the, the book I just written is a second phase of, of the four-phase protocol. So the phase two is a catechetical portion. And so there has to be a, a, an element of understanding. There must be a conformity, a conformity to the truth and the teachings of the church, a conformity of life, there has to be a, a, a lifestyle change. For many times, many times we would pray over people and I would sit down with them and the priest was in the back waiting to come out of the, out of the, the sacristy and we were preparing them for, for the session. And I would say, did you go to mass this weekend? No, no, I didn't go to mass. Did you, did you, have you been to confession? No, no, the demon won't let me go to mass or confession. And then you go pray over the, over the person and you beat the crap out of the demon. The demon just retaliates against the person, the team, the priest and everybody else involved. Because you have no, you have authority to be there, but the person has an open door permission. So what we try to do is identify obstacles of grace, get them deeply rooted into a state of grace. And part of that is this catechetical book that I've, that I've written uh, that's, that's currently in, in production uh, with 10 books. 10 books, by the way, is a great, great publisher. Uh, very pleased with, with working with them. So, so that's what we're doing. Uh, we've got teams in Germany. I've got, I've got uh, uh, so being translated in German. I've got translators getting ready to start on it in Spanish. We get a lot of cases in southwestern and California and Spanish Spanish speaking cases. So, so things are moving. It's happening. We're we're uh, you know as uh, as we like to say in the military, uh, welcome to the suck. So we're kind of in the suck right now, which is synonymous for the battle, and we're just in the middle of it and, and doing the best we can. You break this down a little bit about the suck and what that means in the military. Welcome to the suck. I mean, some people might think that ah, sounds a bit on the crude side. Now nah, it's kind of a between the eyes sort of understanding of an attitude that we need to have when we have to confront or deal with or embrace something very difficult, very hard, especially if it's for, for something better, for something fruitful, for something efficacious or, or a greater good. You break that down a bit, Dan? Yeah, I tell military. You, when, when I, I was, I was a, uh, a cab uh, attack cavalry uh, Cobra helicopter pilot. So, so this, this, this cartoon was always in the flight line. You know, somewhere somebody put this up because we would have nice closed canopies, you know, in the Cobra glass and airtight, air conditioned, you know, and uh, um, but uh, but the, the grunts would be out there. The ground guys, man, no matter what the weather was, they didn't there was no canceling the war or, you know, when it's raining. So the first picture of the cartoons shows this basic grunt infantry guy and he says and it's raining he's up to his waist in mud and he's and and it's pouring down rain and the caption is it sucks out here and then the next one it shows a ranger uh he's got the whole ranger garb he's got he's got the 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 the, the rain the, you know the the bony cap and he's face painted and same mud same rain and, and he's got this growl on his face he says it sucks out here i love it when it sucks out here and then the next picture is a green beret, raining, mud, covered in just garbage. His face is painted, tiger stripe BDU, special forces spook. He says it sucks out here. I love it when it sucks out, it sucks out here. I wish it would suck more. And then it shows a picture of a Cobra pilot 
looking outside in the rain. He sees the rain. He's up there flying. And he says, man, it looks like it really sucks out there. So kind of the different mindset. Uh, we would always be a little distant from the suck because uh, we would always have uh, a little bit of hot chow at times, but we would always be at least covered in, from the rain. When I was in Iraq, we would sleep in the sleep in the helicopter, we'd at least be covered from the rain, you know. Um, but, but embracing the suck, it's a military term, probably started with the Marines, because when we were in, the Marines would always say, welcome to the suck. It was their way of saying, welcome to the combat zone. When you showed up in Vietnam, when you showed up in Iraq, you showed up in Afghanistan, somebody greets you and says, welcome to the suck. And you got two things you can do when you, when you embrace, when you, when, you, when you see this. You can either say to yourself, I, this is horrible, this is terrible, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can do to take care of myself, and I'm going to complain the whole time about the food, the, 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 the living conditions, I'm going to gripe and complain the whole time, and the more you complain, the more you're going to have stuff to complain about, or you can do what every good soldier and every good Marine does, and that is embrace the suck, just, just go with it, just grab it, and just bear under it, and just, and just accept it. This is my cross. This is what I'm going to do. In the spiritual life, there's so many carryovers to the military. In fact, in my in the book that I've written, I've, I've written, I've used Rogers' Rules for Rangers as kind of the key narrative connections. Things about you know keeping your weapon clean and your hatchet scoured. Uh, um, you know how to run patrols, how to set up ambushes, etc. Because all this stuff means you when things bad things happen. When bad things happen, you accept them and you offer them up to God. When I, my first draft of the book, Father Ripperger did a peer review of it, and he corrected one thing on there. And one of the things I used the phrase surrender, the surrender of the will, the surrender of the will. Our Lady surrendered her, wills to, her will to God. And he corrected me. And he says, no, in Catholic tradition, it's not surrender, it's conformity. So I went and reread the book, Conformity to, to the Will of God by um, Claude de Colombier. St. Louis de Mont, or uh, St. Al Alphalagori's got another book. And the word is conformity, because you can surrender to the will of God and say, oh, this sucks, what's happening to me? This is horrible. I'll do it. I'll do it, but, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do what they tell me to do. But conformity is absolutely accepting that everything that happens to you is directly from the hand of God and has, and has the potential to pour grace into the world. So all of our suffering yes. has the potential to be, to be, to be, uh, filled with the potentiality for grace. And nice. so embracing it, allowing it, conforming yourself to yeah. the will of God, not just in the great big things, but in the little teeny things, the rock falls into your shoe. Walk that, walk with that rock for an hour on behalf of, of, of Father Heilman. You know, when, when, when you have an inconvenience in, in traffic or at, the, at home or at the store, offer these little things up in conformity with the will of God. And it changes the way you see the world. People say, how do I say this prayer to get out of this situation? How do I break this curse? How do I do that? And I always tell them, have masses said for the dead and offer your suffering. Pray yes. acts of suffering and you'll do more in the spiritual realm. You will, you will drive more demons away from your family by learning how to offer your body, as St. Paul says, as a living sacrifice. This is what we mean by embracing the suck. St. Paul says it this way. I rejoice in my sufferings, for in my body I make what, up what is lacking in the suffering of Christ's body, which is the church. So, yeah. you know, what is lacking? If Jesus said, it is finished, right? The Protestants will say, it is finished. What is lacking but our participation yep. in conforming our wills to these things that happen to us, we can draw more grace down from heaven. We become instruments. What Blaise Pascal says, God bestowed on us the great dignity of becoming causes. And in our suffering, we can become causes of grace. Nice. Hey, my, uh, Dan, uh, it, that sets up perfect for the title of our, our podcast today. So Charlie, Mike, continue the mission, you know, press forward. <laughs> but Charlie, Mike, that's a, that's a military term too. That means continue the mission. Continue right? the mission. So, yeah. so when you so embrace the suck them, and continue the mission, embrace right? It, right? You just don't say, Oh, this is so terrible. What's happening to me, right? Use what's happening to you as a weapon. Yep. Use your sufferings, your trauma as a weapon. Offer yep. it up in union with Christ. I'm, I, I'm trying real hard, and I, I a lot of grace is on me right now with, with this. And I honestly, I feel I feel great, and I want people to, to understand that. And uh, yeah. But and I'm very excited about tonight's podcast because it comes on the heels. I was uh, I was in Vandalia, Illinois, at uh, Our Sorrowful Mothers Ministries, and that's a favorite place. I know Cardinal Burke was there a month ago, but uh, Father Ripperger. Uh, is yeah. there uh, very frequently. Yep. And uh, so I was uh, honored to be able to uh, be asked to go down there and give a two-day retreat. And the people there, there was about 100 there. And it was, it was 
I mean, we just laughed half the time, but there was just a spirit of joy and a spirit yeah. of Charlie Mike. Let's continue the mission. Let's do That's this. It, Father. That's all we're going to yeah. do. We're going to keep dri yeah. drive on. We would sing as yeah. we chanted, drive on, yeah. drive on Ranger. You yeah. drive on. I'll, I'll tell you a great story. A friend of mine is a retired Colonel in special forces. And, uh, these guys, man, the special forces guys are over the top. I mean, they're just not right. You know what I mean? We were right as Cobra pilots to go, yeah, it sucks out there. We recognize it. So he had a guy who was a Marine who was going through the Q course and uh, the, the qualification course for special forces. And the Marine keeps asking him at the end of each phase, how do I get through this phase? How do I get through that phase? And finally, my buddy tells him, look, here's how you make it through the Q course. Keep your head down, keep your mouth shut and keep walking. And there's a, there's a lot of spiritual wisdom in that, in the spiritual life. If you're looking around and complaining about everything, right? If you're, if you're complaining about how everything sucks out there, right? Uh, you, you know what I mean? You keep your right. head down, you keep your mouth shut, and you keep walking. And Absolutely. that's what Charlie Mike means, that you keep driving on. The enemy that's hits true. your family, you keep driving on. The enemy, the enemy goes after this, you keep driving on. You keep militating, you keep growing in holiness. You keep yep. reaching souls until you have breath in, yep. until your last breath is gone. You, you work out, you stay in shape, you do everything you can. You pray so you can keep bringing souls into the kingdom of God in yeah. whatever way God asks you to do it. So I, I, sorry, I want to interject because I want to kind of set up uh, the, 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 the bulk of what we wanted to talk about tonight. And again, uh, I come off that, that amazing retreat with these people and I wanted, to, I wanted us to talk about some of the things because what I was doing there with them is I was building my case uh, for what? Well, that we, we need to continue the mission. We need to Charlie Mike. We need to move forward. How is God calling us to do that? You know, in our diocese, we were working on a very uh, strong evan evangelization movement. Uh, and, and the bishop just came out and said, you know, uh, in spite of all the, all the ch challenges that we're facing, we got to present ourselves and our parishes in such, such a way. But anyways, so I was building my case. And I started out first by saying, look what the devil did so we know how to uh, revive it from there, okay? And I started out by saying, that um, the devil's, uh, well, first of all, I said this, that I grew up in an amazing parish uh, in Madison, and we actually helped start the parish. I tell people I was probably a two-year-old in my parents' arms uh, while we were um, uh, in the basement of the rectory while they were building the church. Wow. So we helped start the church. But religious imagery everywhere. We had nuns in full habits. Uh, the, 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 the mass was just wonderfully reverent and sacred. Uh, the choir with their polyphony and their motets and you just you were and and devotions the rosary the uh, devotion of the blessed month everything was there it was we were swimming in this treasure chest of of the catholic faith growing up and i was i was like the 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 pastor's go-to guy you know like for funerals or anything or i would do early morning 6 30 mass whatever but we loved it and we loved our parish and we we had we had tons of young families there i mean it was just amazing. And, um, and, and so all the way through eighth grade, I was in the, in the school there and it, it, it just glorious memories. But then I went into my Catholic high school and it was the same, uh, the nuns in full habits and the priest was there all the time and uh, sacraments offered, uh, all the time and religious imagery everywhere, blah, blah, blah. It was just, it, again, we were swimming in our Catholic faith. I was a freshman. It was like that in one year, almost all of that was dismantled. Okay. Dismantled by, uh, forces that said, uh, and I don't know, you know, uh, there's lots of theories as to why they did this. I think people thought that, well, that was for the, um, uh, for an archaic time. And th that's the way the peasants would, would do Catholicism were, you know, evolved and we're intellectual we're academics now and so we have to change the church i don't know that's the that's the strongest argument i've heard for why they moved this but all the religious imagery is gone they had they used to have this religious ed room that was filled with books of every bit of theology and spirituality you could read they emptied that out and threw two beanbags in the middle of the room and said go meditate you know oh, yeah. the nuns the nuns habits shrunk uh sacraments were like once a semester instead of uh, all the time. So in one year, 
but what year was that? And this struck me and I connected this dot, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, but you know what year that was? 1973. Yeah. Now I, I contend, and I brought this up with Father Ripperger before, and I think you'd agree, Dan, and of course, Doug, but I think a countrywide portal opened up when our nation sanctioned the killing of innocent little babies through abortion and it rained down demons on our land. And what's the first thing? And this is me part, trying to build the case. What's the first thing that Satan went after? He dismantled the treasure chest of our Catholic faith. All of the sacred offering of the mass, all of the religious imagery, sacred beauty, uh, the devotions and everything. And, and I, I said too, I ended up having my uh, call to a priesthood in 1981, it was on my 23rd birthday. But when I went into seminary, I, I tell people, and I know the viewers have heard me say this before, but they were, we weren't offered in all, all throughout the eight 1980s, not one second of Eucharistic adoration. And I watched as uh, seminarians who had a devotion to the Blessed Mother were kicked out for being fanatical. Uh, and, yeah. and, 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 and recommended for psychological counseling for their fanaticism. So you can see in that short period of time, and, and, and I think that decision in 1973, because uh, you guys teach this, that the choices we make, the sins that we make, uh, open uh, give an opening for the devil, and that cunning serpent went after what inspires people to turn their lives over to God, and He made it something uh, watered down uh, and 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 less serious. And so, where are we now? Uh, we got, you know, what percentage are we at? Uh, for those who profess to be Catholic, it's down to thirty percent that believe that's Jesus on the altar any longer. You know, how many people are going to church any longer? You know, it's so. Um, so this dismantling of the treasure chest of our faith, Catholic faith. And so that was I, what, what I was trying to start with is, is look at, look at what's, what Satan chose to do uh, in order to take control of us and take control of our church. What do you think about that, Dan? No, I think you're absolutely right, Father. We, we've replaced tradition, um, both capital and small t tradition, the deposit of the faith. And we've, and we've replaced it with what you described, it was process theology. We have a theology that's in the process of evolution. It's evolutionary theory applied to theology, you know, inserting uh, feminist theology, liberation theology, and all these other theologies that enter in and have displaced tradition. And I think you're spot on, Father. I think it's going to be, and I, this is, look, I'm on the battlefield all the time. I see this very, very clearly, what works is the tradition of the church. We're going to have to return to tradition, um, the ancient tradition of the church. But you said it before, joyfully. And this, yes. and, you know, we, have to be, we have to be joyful about it. Yes. But this is what embracing the suck means. This is what Charlie Mike means, that yeah. you just drive on. You just keep working and you do your mission, whatever God's called you to do. Right. But it's going to be through the, the full embrace, a full-throated Catholicism. It's, it's what's going to speak to the world, yes. not a Catholicism that, that waters down the world, not, not a Catholicism that tries to become the world. Because in right. our attempt to be, to be the world, we, be, we become the world. And so we have to be other. This is why at the, at, I've never been to your parish, but when I, when I go to the, to the traditional Latin mass, it's filled with young people. Yes. But the young people are drawn to the beauty. Because yes. we can't compete with the rock and roll. We can't compete with, with MTV or, 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 or right. music videos and, and these other things. But what we have is something unique and special, and that is the other. The Almighty God, the beauty, the sacred beauty, the simple sacred beauty of yes. liturgy. This is what it's going to take. And the enemy has dismantled that. Devotion to the Blessed Mother. Right, we have to re return to that. Not Mary is the role model. She's the ideal. Uh, uh, I, she's the ideal disciple. She's in, she intercedes for us. Um, no, we have to get back to understand her as a warrior queen. Right, the way the saints understood her, the way the enemy sees her. We were training. Uh, Kyle Clement and I were training some priests in a midwestern diocese, and we were having lunch with one of the bishops there. 
and the bishop that called us there to train the priest and the and the uh we're having lunch and the bishop said you know i trained with uh i don't know if it was candini one of the big ones in rome he said when i was a young priest i went and did, spent spent a summer training with this extra famous exorcist in rome and he said one time we were with this woman in the demon manifest and he said the demon said to the to the exorcist that he was standing next to he said i would absolutely destroy you if it weren't for that woman in blue standing behind you oh we've got to understand that the woman in blue right she's here she stands behind us we have to return to a marian church a prayerful church a contemplative church a monastic church a hierarchical church that and the lay people plugging in to to the activities and prayer plugging um, in getting back to praying right back to that church as bride church as mother sancter yeah. mater iglesia we have to return to that understanding of the church uh, and and also the full tradition, liturgical tradition, theological yeah. tradition, scriptural tradition. Uh, I, I think that's where the battle battle is won. Um, believe me, I see this again. I'm just a I'm just a Cav Scout with a PhD that that assists priests in exorcism, but I see it. The priest, uh, you can see the Roman ritual, the new ritual in English. There's not a single imprecatory command. There's not one command where the priest says, I bind and command you. Not one in the new Roman ritual of exorcism. But you can see that the difference viscerally when that's prayed versus the prayers prayed in Latin. Uh, the, the old rite prayed in Latin that's filled with imprecatory prayers where the priest pounds on the enemy for, for daring to stop in and take one of these souls from our flock. So, so returning to tradition is where it's going to be at. Our program tries to work on that, Father. You're living this out. You're working this. You're, you're embracing this. And, and uh, God bless you for it. I think this is where it's going to be. Priests like you, laymen like Doug and I, Jesse Romero, our good friend, all of us just doing everything we can to, to, to educate. Uh, uh, no more low-information Catholicism. That's not going to pass it anymore. Right. Dan, I'm curious if you could talk a bit about, since you were, um, you know, in, you know, combat fighter pilot, I'm sorry, uh, helicopter pilot is helicopter pilot count yeah. as a fighter pilot i mean is oh, it, fighter is it pilot. As those, guys, those guys have glasses those guys are <laughs> fancy those guys they have someone else inspecting their aircraft for them you know what i mean no 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 they go to the office club they sleep on a rack we're, we're grunts that happen to fly aircrafts we're joe galloway you can look it up on the internet he was with uh with uh, the, we were soldiers once and young colonel Hal Moore when the i drank valley Joe Galloway gave a talk uh, at the Vietnam Memorial a while back. He's passed away during COVID. He called helicopter pilots God's own, God's own, God's own lunatics. That's what helicopter pilots are. They're God's private lunatics. So, so totally different than fighter pilots. So no, we were, we were, I was in the army, not the Air Force. <laughs> Nothing wrong in the Air Force. My dad was an Air Force guy, but, but I was in the army. Yeah. Well, when you talk about embracing the suck, I mean, that, that is one of those terms. And it's one of those things I know is really hard for people to, to process. There's an old phrase that I grew up hearing from my grandma, then my mom, offer it up. It just used to be something in our, in our Catholic lexicon. It was just something that we just talked about. And you say it now, and a lot of people just, we've been so coddled. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the feminization that's happened, the demasculization, the, the wussification, any of these words we can throw out there that basically mm -hmm. says we've been, we've been made male or female. We have been softened up, very coddled. We're very spoiled. Uh, and and it, it's very difficult, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, I encourage people to do something every day, at least six days a week. Sunday's optional because it's a, it's a mini Easter. But six days a week, do something that challenges yourself mentally, spiritually, or physically do something to keep that edge, you know, and you were not only a helicopter pilot, you used to be a boxer. So you were in the ring and you had to keep the edge in order to be able to engage in that close quarter combat of a fight. Talk a bit about the importance of keeping the edge and the fact that we've been so softened up in so many different areas and how dangerous that ultimately is both naturally and spiritually. Yeah. We, we've really become effeminate. Um, both male and female, we become effeminate. Now, this gender blending, I'm not talking about feminine, authentic feminism. We're talking about effeminate. Uh, I put a quote in, in the book, uh, and I went to Teresa, uh, Teresa Vavula. Um, I think it's in the way of perfection. She says that, she says, I want you, my daughters. This, is just, this isn't about just men. This is women, too. I want you, my daughters, she says, to, to not be like de mujeres, like the that are if, like effeminate okay she says i want you to be 
like a, I want you to be masculine. In another place, she uses the phrase barbada, to be bearded like a soldier coming off campaign, rugged, that can bear and suffer and endure and drive on, right? That can Charlie Mike. I want you to be like that. I want you to be so manly, she says, manly, that the Spanish word is espantan, that this will scare the men, that it will, it will be scary to the men. You're, you're so manly, right? So, so this is like mama bear tough. This is protecting your own. You, you know, this is not the, the jump up on the chair and squeak because the mouse walked into the room, you know, the kind of quintessential effeminate. No, but the men have become effeminate, right? Men have become effeminate. We've got to dig down and do the hard things, you know, do the hard things. Our protocol, you wouldn't believe it. The first phase is very simple. All you got to do is pray. One, you can pray the Angelus three times a day. You can't, you can't look on the internet. Right. You don't do the Internet. You can do it for work, but you can't surf the Internet. Um, you can't pick up your phone and chit chat with people. Limit. You do a media fast. You pray to the Angelus three times a day and a couple of the prayers. Total prayer time is approximately six minutes per time. We pray the Angelus and the Exilium Christian Orm prayers. And it might take you five minutes, three times a day. And you can't read the Internet. You can't go on the Internet. People freak out. They can't do it. This is like, no way. This is like Marine boot camp, right? It's, it's, it's amazing how soft we become, right? What, the, what, what does St. Paul says? Make your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship, right? Father is praying the prayers of consecration, right? And we're busy looking around. Oh, why is she doing here? Oh, look at her dress, right? We're sitting around criticizing everybody. We should be placing ourselves on the altar, all of our problems on the altar. We should be offering a living sacrifice in union with Father's sacrifice, Christ in persona Christi, offering Christ to God, and we in union with that. That's powerful. That's a Eucharistic spirituality. We've lost that, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of, this is my body, as Dr. Peter Kreef says, the, the, the abortionist says, this is my mm -hmm. body. This is my body. I can do what I want with my body, it's a diabolic reversal, right? So, yeah. Father, what you're saying at, the, at at your retreat is 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 spot on, right? Yeah. GK, yeah. So, what where I led them from there? Okay, Satan did that. What? So, what are we going to do? Well, I wanted to make the point first that God wants us happy. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about embrace the suck and Charlie, Mike. You know, continue the mission and you know, take up your cross and all that stuff. But when you have the love of God, okay, I think it was St. John Vianney said the mass is boring for those who do not love God. Yeah. And that was the point you were just making too. But, but how do we get there? And I want to, I couldn't wait to share. This is one of my favorite quotes. And if you guys don't mind, it'll take me about two minutes to, to do it. But it's from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Yeah. And he makes the point of where we need to be by talking about th uh, third or three-story living. So he says this. Christ's reason for taking upon himself a, a human nature was to pay for the sin by, for our sins by death on the cross and to bring us to a higher life. This higher life, which is divine, distinct from the human, is yeah. called grace because it's gratis. It's a free gift of God. So man may live in three different levels, the sensate, the intellectual, and the divine. These may be likened to a three-story house. The sensate level on the first floor uh, represents those who deny any other reality except the pleasures that come from the flesh. So their house is rather poorly furnished and is capable of giving intermittent thrills, which quickly dry up. The occupant of this first floor is not interested in being told of higher levels of existence. In fact, he may even deny their existence. On the, third, on the second floor, there is the intellectual level of existence, that, that of the scientists and the historian, the journalist, the humanist, the man who has brought to uh, peak all of his powers of human reason and human will. This is a much more comfortable kind of existence and far more satisfying to the human spirit. Those in the second floor may think their floor is a closed universe mm. uh, regarding as superstitious those who desire a higher form of life. Then he says, but there is actually a third floor, which is the floor of grace, which by which the human heart is illumined by truths which reason cannot know, by which the will is strengthened by a power quite beyond all psychological aids, and the heart is entranced with the love which never fails, which gives a peace that cannot be found on the two lower levels. The world, therefore, is divided into the once-born and the twice-born. 
between sons of the old Adam and the sons of the new Adam, Christ, between the unregenerate and the regenerate, there is really uh, there is a real inequality in the world. Uh, there are superior and inferior peoples, but the basis of distinction is not color, race, nationality, or wealth. The superior people of the earth are the supermen, the godmen. The inferior people are those who have been called to the superior state, but as yet have not embraced it. We are called to be supermen, of course, superwomen, but we're called to be supermen, godmen. And we're called to be, live that life of, of, um, of holiness, but a holiness that, that's, uh, that's seen in wanting the more that God wants to give us. And that's why, too, when Satan dismantled everything, okay, it took all that away, we lost our, our uh, incentive or our inspiration for wanting to strive for that higher life. And so we, we, we settled for the first floor, maybe the second floor, and, and figured that was what all that life is about. So we've got so many people out there that are walking in a spirit of emptiness and meaninglessness, uh, and, and they haven't figured out yet that there is this higher level, this supernatural level that we're all called to live. And once you get there, it's amazing. I was on this retreat this weekend with 100 people, and I felt like the room was just on fire. They, they, I felt all of them were at this higher, this third floor living, the supernatural divine life. And, uh, and, and what were we doing? We were encouraging each other. We were complimentary toward each other. We were laughing with each other. I mean, it, it, and then let's get to evangelization. When people look on to people who have seemed to have found something, something real, okay, something substantial, something authentic, uh, then, they're, then they're curious. They want to know, listen, I'm over here. They might do this subconsciously, but I'm over here in this emptiness in this dark place. And you're sitting in that light over here. Can you help me get from darkness to light? So again, this was me building my case, okay? We got dismantled. Okay, now do, how do we get back in that divine life? And I purposefully use the word dismantle, right? And you might have even notice I'm stressing the word mantle, aren't I? Ah, very good. <laughs> yeah, because I said some people wear the brown scapular. What are they doing? Well, they're wearing something that says we're under the mantle of Mary, okay? But I always think, I always think when I think of mantle of Mary, I always see in my pews the young moms with their little baby, and they're holding the baby so tenderly, and the baby's usually just, just sleeping because it's in this safe and loved place. To me, that's what being in the mantle of Mary is. What a beautiful gift we've given with uh, Jesus's mom. You know, to, to, to have her be our mother and to cradle us and to protect us and to look out for us and to have our best interests and to intercede for us. I mean, it's just, it's just so amazing. But this all, this all gets then to where I'm talking about is look at that little baby. It's at peace. It's at peace in the mother's arm. We're called to be in that mantle. What did that dastardly devil do? He dismantled everything that opens us up to run in to the mother's arms. Uh, you want to comment on that? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, one of my favorite uh, images is uh, uh, the, the Virgin Mary destroyer of heresies. And, and you'll see some statues. You can, you can see images on, on, uh, on the internet. And she's standing there with two children oh, yeah. under her mantle with a club in her hand, right? Ah. And, and, she's, and she's getting ready to, 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 to whack the devil. A mama bear. That's a mama bear, right? Yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a virility, right? That's a virility, a vitality. Right. The, you, the, the, in the quote from Fulton Sheen, um, he uses the word grace. As you say, grace is divine life, but grace is also vitality. Jesus says, I have come that give you life and life in abundance, it's a vitality. It's divine life in us. St. Paul says, this is Christ in you, your hope for glory. This is what the demon militates against. He despises that. When, he, when, when, when Lucifer was shown the incarnation, he says, non-servium. I will not serve a God that takes a form lower than me. 
right? And so he despises Christ's image in us and do what he can. He cannot reach God the Father, but he can try to, he tries to dismantle us yes. from the protection of, of Mary, dismantle us from the yeah. protection of Holy Mother Church, to yes. dismantle us, right, from the truth, the deep yes. and abiding truth Yes. of the roman catholic church so 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 yeah so it's so, doing it joyfully i think of you make me think of uh the famous marine chesty puller general chesty puller they asked him for the situation he was in korea he said what he said uh we're on a hilltop he said what's the situation we're surrounded that simplifies the problem no matter what direction we look we, sh we shoot at means we hit one of them right? right being joyful in the midst of battle in the book of the maccabees it says that Judas and his brothers battled joyfully for the yes, Lord. Yes. You know? So so we do battle, but we do it joyfully because we know that the, right. the, the hands are in the the the, the, the we 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 minister we, we we militate here, but victory lies with the Lord. He's already won. We just do our part here and now, right? We just do our part. But that it's that divine life that we get how? Not through some altar call and some and subjective decision. The demon only works in the objective. Yes. The objective reality, Christ in you, your hope for glory. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Act that way. Live joyfully that way. Yep. To, you know, so th this is this this is this is the message we need to get out to Catholics to just to keep battling back. Yeah, we're surrounded. Yep. That simplifies the problem. We got Christ in us. That's right. right? We're supercharged. We got plus three right. rounds. We got we got M60s. We got attack helicopters coming. We got artillery coming. Yeah, and I want to jump in on something else here, kind of take this a different direction. Um, is it true you're a Browns fan? Is that did I see did I hear that I right? I am huh? Ohio born and bred. O-H-I-O. <laughs> Ohio against the world. Okay. <laughs> I am Ohio all the way. And I will stand by the Browns and I will stand by the Buckeyes. And and yes, I will I will publicly say I'm a Browns fan. I even to this day. If I have friends that are Steelers fans, and we have to be careful to to uh, not uh, you know get into heated discussions. But uh, no, I'm well, a Browns fan because uh, again, it's a, it's, I've, it's I've never been to a Browns game, but being in Ohio, you're either a Bengals fan or a Browns fan. If you like the idea of the fans throwing dog bones at the opponents, you are a Browns fan. If that was repulsive to you, you were a Bengals fan. So I was a Browns fan. If that tells you anything. Well, you do realize that Father here, and this actually is not the direction I wanted to go, but I, I thought I'd throw that <laughs> out there. We're going there. But you do realize that Father is a part owner of the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I would like to say, too, I, I, I do no, like I was, the Bears. I will say I like the Bears, and it isn't just to start oh, a fight. Oh, that doesn't help. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. We're going to have to... We're going to have to like uh, show our the, the way of reconciliation. This yeah. is the total path well, uh, of NFL you're, you're, football. You're right? good. You're good, Dan. I'm ecumenical. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. There you no, go. I, I never got into that debate between the between the Packers and uh, and and the, and the uh, Steelers. So, but yeah, I grew up Browns fan. We we were taught you don't like anybody from Michigan. You don't like you don't like Steelers fans and California, Southern California. You stayed away from USC, Michigan, USC. And uh, Pittsburgh. Other than that, we were pretty, pretty much accepting and loving of all people. Nice. All yeah. Right. Well, now well, see, this was the fun we were having at the retreat this weekend. It was the same yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Can you imagine uh, Jesus when he sat around the fire with the guys? You know what I mean? I know, People right? Just okay, guys, get your pens out. I'm going to tell you these 14 things, <laughs> and then 12:42, you're going to do this and do that. That's right. These guys were men. They were regular guys. You know, That's they had right. joy. They had families. They, 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 they had dreams and hopes. You know, and. Yeah. Uh, and they loved the Lord Jesus with all their hearts, you know, yeah. and they would do anything for St. James, St. James the Greater, you know. Think about this. I was teaching the Carmelites here locally. Uh, um, we've got a beautiful Carmelite monastery here, and I go in once a week and, and, and work teach the sisters. And, and I was saying, St. John gives me hope, right? St. John the Apostle and, and St. James, who we celebrate today as brother. They looked at the Samaritans and said, let us, Lord, call down fire from heaven on your enemies, right? They, wanted, they had such passion for the Lord, they wanted to call fire down from heaven. But John the Apostle, who wanted to call fire down from heaven, gave to us, God is love. Right. And it is, it, is written, it is said that at the end of his life, I forget, it was in, 
it, where it was in, in, in one of the writings, um, the early apostolic father writings, that John was would be carried among his 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 faithful his 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 followers, and they would have to carry him because he lived he lived well into uh, you know the first decade of a, he was over a hundred years old before he died, and he would say, "My children, love one another." Right. Yep. So we have to have that same passion to call down Absolutely. fire from heaven, but also have what 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 does he say? Be of good cheer, John records yep. Jesus' words. I have overcome the world. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Well, the point I was actually going to get to before I get into the football stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now you got us all <laughs> divided here. Yeah. And I like the Packers because they, they play in the snow. You know what I mean? That's I've, right. heard, I've heard the US the brace the US, suck. US, I heard, yeah, exactly. USC <laughs> and UCLA are going to uh, uh, join the Big Ten, I heard. Can you so imagine? So many people I hear say, Field oh, I love Wisconsin, but I don't like the cold. You yeah. Know? Well, I just say embrace the suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember go. back in the in the 70s when the, the, the Minnesota and the Packers would, you know, the Vikings and the Packers would play. They would come out and, and all the Southern teams would be bundled up with all the, the hoodies and the sleeves <laughs> and the underwear, you know, and the long johns. And these guys would come out for warmups with just their bare arms exposed yeah. like Vikings, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and, and the snow and the cold. I mean, that's it, man. It's just like, let's do this. It's not going to last How can you forever. forget the ice bowl? Yeah. Our oh, yeah. star going yeah. over Jerry Kramer. Which, yeah. by the way, is my number sixty-four that I had in high school. Boy, did we go off track here? Yeah. <laughs> what, what I was really going to get to. <laughs> yeah, and this is why you're one of our favorite guests. You, you can just <laughs> ad-lib anything and go anywhere. Um, I was going to bring up something on fishing. No, 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 not fishing. No, we're not going to go there. No. Um, there are a lot of people right now with everything happening in the world, a lot of, you know, this, this, all the, all the canceling and the attacks and things that are going on across the board that are really so fed up with all of this happening. Um, I talked to a woman just recently um, after mass and she said, you know, Doug, I, and she's been involved in Catholic work evangelization for many, many, many years, good, solid, Orthodox faithful. And she says, I have no confidence now in pretty much leadership in so many areas of the church, even. Now, I say that because we know that a lot of our audience understands this, recognizes this. So that's why, I mean, a show like tonight, Continue the Mission, is so important. But there are people that are so upset, they're hurt, they're angry, they feel so burned uh, in so many different ways on so many different levels that their response, while they want to continue the mission, does come off sometimes looking like they've got an ax to grind, like they're really angry, really upset, we want to encourage people to always take the high ground, always be faithful to the mission and not let the emotions and the drama get in the way. You have said to me when we've talked on the phone about things of this nature, that the demons will exploit the emotion, the anger, the fear. I think you said they can smell it. And to them, it's like an elixir. Talk a bit, if you could, about this, because I think it's a very dangerous place for us to be. We want to continue the mission. We're fired up. Then we get really angry. Now, there's just anger, anger that motivates you to good, holy action, I believe. I think it was St. Augustine who says that, was that hope has two courageous, two daughters. One is anger that things are the way they are, and two, that they have the courage to change it. Uh, and that brings hope. You're upset about things being unjust, and then you have the courage to do something about it. But not if there's an ax to grind, not if there's a chip on the shoulder, not if it's an uncontrolled sort of emotional drama sort of situation. Talk about that because we really, I mean, Father and I are always very concerned about helping, you know, rally people together in the right way with the right approach, the right mindset to accomplish the most effective, most effectively, the mission at hand. And you had said earlier that the demons can smell the anger when it's unjust, when it's out of order, the, the fear, and that that can lead to devastating exploitation of what we're trying to do can you break that down a bit yeah 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 there's a, there's a saying we use that the demon looks for the mouse that blesses and curses he looks for inconsistencies inconsistency inconsistencies in behavior inconsistencies in speech so uh inconsistencies in emotions you know when i'm doing intakes and interviewing cases getting them set up on the protocol etc um, they're watching, they're watching everybody in the room. They're watching your reaction. They're watching your eye movement. You're what you they're watching. You're trying to catch your emotions, they're, you know, trying to catch anything they can glean from you. So, so when you, when you, when you filled with a, with an unholy anger, uh, even though it begins from a righteous place because of injustice, that, that mitigates your prayer. It's kind of like, 
drawing your weapon, but you can't you can't get it off a safe, right? You so you can't you can't effectively use it. So purity, the having purity of intention and purity in emotions, it's it's learning to calm the emotions, right? One of the things that Catholics what, what's rampant in the Catholic Church, I can tell you right now, it's calumny, calumny that's committed, the the blood that is shed. And, and, and slander and detraction against Catholic priests or, or, or other figures in, uh, in Catholic media circles, um, not giving, you know, just the, the, the detraction. I think it's in Catechism 2275 um, to 2284, but you can look it up. It's offenses against the truth. That, that's, that unholy speech, detraction, rash judgment, calumny, libel, slander, learn what these terms are. And then do an examination of conscious based on these terms, because I watch the demon pattern in cases where they're 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 climbing out of their diabolic oppression. And then I ask them what goes on. Well, every Thursday I seem to get this this thing happens. And I get I go back and things get bad again. Well, what happens every Thursday? Well, every Thursday, me and my sisters get together and talk for an hour on the phone. What do you talk about? We talk about our other sister who doesn't want to be on the phone call. We, we gossip. We do this. We do that. The demon looks for the mouth that blesses and curses. Are you who you say you are? Anything that you say and do that is inconsistent with the indelible mark of baptism or the indelible mark of priesthood will draw the attention of the enemy. And so a lack of faith, a lack of virtue, a lack of constancy, these things are, are all things that, that can leave, leave a target to us, this, this high emotionality. So even if, even if you're militating against evil, you're militating against the presence of evil, but you're doing it with hatred in your heart for the demon, hmm. that mitigates your prayer. That The demon oh. will use that against you like a judo fighter, right? That will get you onto the ground. Like if you and I were going to go and throw down Doug, and I, you and I have spent time together in physical presence, I would want to stay at a very arm's distance from you. you you're, like, you're like Hulk smash big. You're like scary big. Right. All you'd have to do is grab me and take me to the ground. Right. As long as I keep my hands up and I can keep away from you, I got a fighting chance. So so the demon will do whatever he can. And if he can lure you in, into into on his back. Right. A judo fighter doesn't think the way I would think as a boxer. The judo fighter will lay on his back and say, come on, come punch me. Mm. Come beat me up. Yeah. He will on him. Right. And your own emotionality and your own aggression. And the next thing you know, you you got your arm locked in a really, really uncomfortable and unnatural position, right? And you're squealing like a little girl tapping out. So you, you have to be aware that this is the enemy's tactics. You got to stay calm and cool. You know, we learn this in the military. And I don't, you know, we all, we all lose our cool at times. But especially in the military, especially in an aircraft, you've got to stay completely calm. When yeah. you're in a fight, when you're, when you're, you're doing combat sports, you've got to stay calm. He who stay calm normally wins the fight you cannot yeah. lose your cool in a fight or a tennis match for that matter. right well it's it's the fruit of the holy spirit isn't it and i always like to say the fruit of the holy spirit is the evidence that the holy spirit is there but what mm. is it? it's love it's joy it's peace mm. it's patience it's kindness it's generosity it's self-control i think i picked missed one in there but um but yeah we we want to be that for others uh, I want to take this because uh, I was kind of taking you quickly through my retreat. And, uh, and so, you know, look what the devil did. He dismantled. And then look what we need to strive for. You know, uh, uh, Vince Lombardi, the coach of the, uh, the uh, Packers back in the 60s, he said, uh, we'll never be perfect, but if we chase perfection, we'll catch excellence. And so we want to strive for that, but we do it because we love God. And then it's, my yoke is easy, my burden light, you know, learn from me, I'm meek and humble of heart. And, and so, so it becomes easy for the one who loves, but, but we're striving for that. So what do we need to do? And this is where I, I took them to basically what you and Father Rippiger and your team is doing and to the protocol, as you call it. And, and I said, uh, you know, here's, here's the, the, the basic protocol. And I also laid out what we do here at mass, you know, with, we now have incense and we, we ought orientum and things like that, but that helps elevate us or open us up to uh, receive what God wants to give, or better yet, it attaches us once again to the vine. You know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And so you, you, you when you, when you're filled with awe and wonder, and that's why I said, uh, Pope Gregory the Great, he ordered the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but he put fear of the Lord or awe and wonder first. 
what and and what is going on there in that first gift you're you're connecting it's like your phone charging again that surge of greatest is coming through you again through ex- being there for an off field uh uh, um, reverent mass, but also to, to do the protocol. And that's why too, at that point I, I did, uh, tell them about the, we just did 90 days to peace. And we used this, that actually over 90 days gets your protocol entrenched, but what is the protocol basically? And actually <laughs> I'll show you another thing I did. I, I started, um, a 501c3 to get a military rosary or combat rosaries to the military. But I, I, before I, I started doing that, I said, I got to get something that just gives them a simple, quick teaching on how to be God's strong, supernaturally strong. So I wrote a book for them and it's right there. Wow. <laughs> and it goes inside their combat rosary like that. And, uh, but what do I, what do I propose is, you know, w- when you're filled with, we were talking about this earlier too, when people get kind of care less about their faith and lukewarm watered down, well, what are they, what, the, that's called acedia actually. You can have boredom for the faith or even a detestation for spiritual things when you're caught in that acedia. Uh, but what's the cure for that? And I said, in acedia, don't care. You got to care. So I use it as an acronym. Confession. Okay. And this is, again, when I was teaching, you know, let's go home. You know, we, we're out in the world. We're captivated by the world. Let's just go home. And and uh, we were close to the Feast of um, St. Mary Magdalene. You know, come on. He decided to appear to someone who was a prostitute and had seven demons. What's the point he was trying to make? He, that was the first person right. he prayed to, is that there is no sin or sins that, that, that restricts you or condemns you, that you can't come home and receive that gift of mercy. That's amazing. Come home and go to confession and get the words of absolute on it and start fresh. Then I said, you know what you want to do? You, you got to get close to him. You, it's the Martha and Mary thing. She was at the feet, Mary, and she, she had the Son of God in her house, and she looked into her eyes. She hung as she was in adoration. So yeah. confession, adoration. Then what's the R in care? Regina, the Queen, right? To get to as we were talking earlier to to embrace that most wonderful gift after the Holy Trinity. Uh, that, that that mom, that tender mom that w- wants to care for us, wants to hold us. And wants to advocate for us, be our defense attorney, attorney, and intercede for us. And then the last one is the most important: C A R E, the Eucharist, source and summit of our faith. It's got to be central. Think about going to mass when it's not a day of obligation. Go go to daily mass if you can, but love, 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 ingesting the Lord. That's the seed, right? That we receive. That's meant to germinate, break open inside of us. So we become Christ for others, okay? So that's a quick nutshell of the protocol. I know there's more to the protocol than that, but I, I try to uh, sim- simplify it for, for them. But what are we doing there? Then, okay, now we're connected. Now all we can do is live third for living. And what is that? It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control. I mean, it just automatically comes out. We don't have to strive for it. My yoke is easy, my burden light. It comes out for us. And that's why too, and I know we're getting close to the end here, but <coughs> I, I want to I lay out um, the crescendo of what I was saying we need to get to. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity. You know what we're called to be? We're called to just be there for others. Just be there. What does it mean? It means that you're, you're not high maintenance. Uh, it's not about you. You don't make people nervous when they're in your presence. Instead, they feel relaxed. They feel calm. They feel like you're a friendly, uh, you know, ally, not a foe, right? So what are you? You're, you're, you're like a, a graceful flower blowing in the wind. Okay. That's all. You're just there for them. And, and, and so, um, and then, and then the other thing I wanted to point out that we're called to is he, Jesus was asked, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? You know, we just had James and John, his, their mom say, Hey, can they be the greatest? But Jesus said, who's the great, they, he was asked, who's the greatest? And so he pulled a little kid over a child 
And he said, unless you become like this child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. What did he mean by that? Well, what is a child? A child is innocent and trusting. They haven't been beat up by the world yet. They haven't been traumatized by the world yet. They haven't, they, they haven't put doubt in their soul yet. They go out and they just, they believe easily like, okay, they learn a whole language at two years old because they trust their teachers to such a great degree. Um, they learn fast and easy when they're in that place. Jesus wants us to be like sponges, to learn easily and fast, to trust at such a high level, but only a high, not even higher than a, a child already has. And so can we, like I say, come home, receive the grace of the Holy Spirit, and then live in that peace, but live in the playfulness of a little child that's counting their blessing, that loves life, that runs over the swing and then runs and climbs a tree and then loves this over there and loves you and runs in your arms. You know, that's what Jesus meant and that's what we're called to be. Then I did something was that was unexpected to all of them. I played one of my favorite songs by John Denver called Rhymes and Reasons. And we're just going to show you the lyrics to that right now. And I urge you to go and listen to it at some time. But here's the lyrics to Rhymes and reasons. And you can see in there, you know, um, be as innocent and trusting as a child. You know, uh, Jesus said, uh, do you believe I can heal you? Yes, Lord. It was because of your faith that you did that. Little children don't doubt. We learn to doubt later on in life. And that's kind of a shame. And, and, and they're innocent. You know, they're, they're like that graceful flower blown in the wind. And, and it's, it's so in that song, it's called The Wisdom of the Children. Can we embrace it? But imagine a world like that. Great, we're just there trying to be a beautiful presence, uh, you know, that, that, that makes you feel at ease, that makes you feel good, that graceful flower blowing in the wind, and to be that trusting and innocent child. Um, you know, and so the wisdom of the children. So my brothers and sisters, um, we're, we're, we're called to brace this suck, right? But to offer it up. And you can see by the smile on my face, I'm going through some stuff right now. And I'm not, not going to let it bother me. I'm not going to let it win. And uh, so that was my retreat this weekend. Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, this was great. Uh, the Packers are better than the Browns. But anyways. That, that uh, I will concede, Father. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm not trying to ingratiate myself. I'm trying with you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to Vince Lombardi. Two things that he said that I use all the time. Oh, nice. Number one, after a losing season, he started the season with his players. He held holds up a football and says, "Gentlemen, this is a football." Right. We got to get back to basics. That's what you're saying. Right. Right. And number two, he says, "Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing." So yeah. I think your whole idea of care. Yes. C A R E. Getting back to basics. What the are basics. the Catholic basics? Mary devotion, Eucharistic yeah. devotion. The, the center of our lives yes. should be in daily encounters with our Eucharistic Lord. Yes, yes. Those are the habits we got to form. Winning is a habit and so is losing. Yep. So, so we're going to win or lose based on the habits that we form. But we got to get back to basics. What I, what I call now, I would say Woody Hayes invented this. You would go back to Vince Lombardi. But we would agree that this is smash mouth Catholicism, right? We just grind yes, yes. it out, man. We That's just right. snow mud. You just pound <laughs> it out in, in, in smash mouth style. And, right. and, and I think that's the, for me, that's the safest, the safest path. So yeah. be that graceful flower and be that wise little child. All right. God bless. All right, you guys, let's right. end it with a prayer in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Come Holy spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Always Dan, a pleasure, Father. Brother. Always a pleasure. Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>